Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm walking here and I'm talking here. Walking here and I'm but I'm not walking alone today. I got Reveille with me. Walking old Reveille dog. And she's making a point to pee on everybody's yard today. She's just she's got she's got stuff to say. She's got stuff to say apparently. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, welcome back to I'm Walking Here. Here's what I've figured out in the last few attempts at recording this. I need to have an out outtake show. Right? I need to have an outtake show. What I need to do is I need to... Reveille, come on. What I need to do is I need to stop with you know deleting right away and just save each attempt because just realizing it sounds hilarious and that last one that last one I just realized it sounded hilarious because I'll get to talking and then you know yada 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 I'm talking to ah, that's not gonna work that's crap yada 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 oh I gotta start over this garbage <laughs> but anyway yeah, I'll take show. Maybe. Get to hear me start and stop, start and stop. Um, anyway, once I get going, then I, you know, I don't stop. But it's uh, it's all about it's. I'm just trying to get the ball rolling. It's about trying to get the ball rolling. And uh, speaking of getting the ball rolling, here we are. It's another Monday. I'm trying to pump these out every Monday. Uh, this Monday just so happens to be. 29 January 2018. Um, I think we are now eight episodes in. Nine episodes? We are eight or nine episodes in. Um, I have not run out of stuff to talk about. I am still doing my best to keep things positive. But uh, as I told a friend earlier, this is... I think my focus is less on... I mean, you know, let's, let's, I'm trying to stay objective. It doesn't really have to do with positivity. It has to do with, I'm trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, my, my, my aim is to remain focused, but my, my aim is to remain positive, but my focus is to try to be objective um, and straightforward. Um, if that makes any daggum sense. But I'm not going to make another attempt at recording this podcast again. You, would you, what you're listening to now, you're stuck with. You are stuck with it. And you're going to like it. And maybe you won't. And if you don't, I apologize. But this is for me too. So off we go. We're, we're continuing. We're moving. Not so much because I have a choice, but because Reveille's dragging me. She's dragging me and she's... She's on, the, she's on a scent. For those of you who may not remember, Reveille is a three-year-old black lab who is just full of tons of energy. And urine, apparently. But I'm told that when dogs mark, it's like saying hello to the other dogs. And uh, it's like saying hello to the other dogs and leaving a text message. Hello. Reveille was here. Stamp. Anyway. 
What was, I, what was today's subject matter going to be? I had an idea, like, to make it about one thing. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I, what I told him is, um, it was going to be about something about insecurities. Um, but I think we're going to save insecurities for another day, because I've kind of already touched on insecurities. Like, every, pretty much every podcast that I've done, the majority of them at least, have have been in a roundabout way about insecurity. You know, so we're not going to do insecurities. Today's podcast I think we will do about hmm, social media. I had a lot of, there was a lot of activity lately on social media about politics. I mean, there always is. And I don't really affiliate myself. Affiliate? Associate? I'm not, a, I'm not red or blue. I don't consider myself red or blue. You know, Democrat or Republican. I just kind of... I just kind of exist in this country and go with the flow. Yeah. Like a passive... <laughs> a passive approach unless there's some sort of... Um... um uh, man, what was that? Like racism, you know, or discrimination, that sort of stuff taking place, and then, then I'll take like an active, an active role. Doesn't really, I don't, yeah. I think, like the party that is cl- more closely affiliated with like civil rights and stuff like that is the Democrats. But I don't really, I don't really call them. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not with them. I'm not with anybody. I'm with America <laughs> in my idea of it, which is the land of opportunity, you know. Land of the free, home of the brave. Um, greatest country, send me your weak, frail, and unwanted. I think it's what it says on the uh, Statue of Liberty. I'm with that. You know, the land of immigrants. Definitely in that one. That's a big subject, isn't it? The whole illegal immigration. Wow. A lot of people are making that... Uh, no, a lot of people are attempting to make that black and white. Like, like go, no-go. And I guess for the most part it is go, no-go. You know, you either broke the law or you didn't break the law. You either entered this country illegally or you didn't enter this country illegally. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, as someone who's first generation, my family's legit, you know. Um, Not all my families um, are American citizens, like my dad's not an American citizen. He's a, uh, but he's a permanent resident. He's a legal resident. Um... There's rumors out there that even legal residents are getting deported nowadays, which that would not be cool. Might have to get have a little say-so on that, get involved in that. My dad's never done anything wrong. But hopefully we don't have to cross that bridge. But either way, um, first gen, you know, the, the um, story that speaks to me the most, uh, that, that, yeah, that speaks to me, 
for the immigrant is just that of the person who's trying to do better for their people. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it kind of frustrates me when I see these, you know, you, you gotta t I guess you take it with a grain of salt, some of the stuff that these people say on social media, because I know you can't really take it at face value because people use social media to express themselves um, in a way they would not normally do in public because they can hide behind their quote-unquote anonymity even though their name is attached to their post um, there's still an anonymity to it you know you don't have to look at somebody in the face and see their expressions and brace yourself for a punch in the face or anything like that you know what I mean it's a lot easier to be to be uh, it's a lot easier to be an asshole you know <laughs> social media <laughs> and express views that you wouldn't normally express in public. But, you know, I, and, and but, you know, and, and, to be honest, that's what I think social media is good for because it exposes some of the, kind of some of the dark side. Dark side? Yeah, so it's dark side. Dark side of, uh, some of the dark side of, of what still kind of lingers in this country. And uh, some of that dark side is the lack of acceptance. Now, once again, if you break it down to what's legal and what's illegal, then yes, you know, simple. That is that does make it simple. But I think what what does complicate those relatively simple uh, topics is, you know, when you when you talk about breaking up families, Ooh, that's a tough one, you know. When you talk about breaking up families. Now, do you send whole families? Do you deport whole families, even kids that are American citizens? Do you deport, do you deport kids who were brought here against their will as infants? I mean, gosh almighty, that's, that, that to me is, it, it's complicated. To me, it's complicated. I mean, it's and it's hard to relate you know it's, it becomes a matter of perspective too it's hard to put yourself in the in someone's shoes it's hard to put a, yourself in a person's shoes who's in that uh situation and with that out going into too much detail i can tell you that i i can relate in a way to those types of separations um because well, I can relate. I mean, I mean, I know people who have gone through that stuff, and I'll tell you, it's it's not an easy thing to witness. You know, you got you know, it really is, is there really is it really is a lot more to it than just you know, dad, um, mom, and dad cross the border illegally. <laughs> for your, for your, um, to fight, to get you a better life, uh, because there were no opportunities where we came from, um, and now, you know, your dad, who is your dad, I mean, imagine, you know, if you, all the illegalities, um, you know, take away all the illegality of it and the le the legalities of it. Um, it's 
it's still a dad being taken away from his kids and it's kind of tough to explain it's and it it's not hard to, to explain it's hard to it's hard to um it's hard to relay compassion because i think that's what i think that's what it comes down to for me it's about compassion and being compassionate and and feeling sorry for these families that are being torn apart yeah, uh, potentially torn apart i'm not saying that every family is being torn apart but um yeah I, I'm trying not to leave too much dark space here, but I'm also trying to trying to get the words out and explain myself and explain what I'm thinking from an unemotional perspective and and then try to make it sound intelligent to resemble some some level of intelligence where a wider audience might be able to understand it but So, the one angle I want to take, I'm tempted to take, is to explain, like, the Latin point of view of it. Um, there's pros and cons to trying to take that perspective, because um, for the majority of people who are probably listening to this podcast, um, and a lot of the people that I've run into... The easy answer to explaining things from a Latin perspective, from that of a Latino and Latin descent and Mexican descent, is that you're in America now, so you're an American, right? And for Latinos, that's, that's mostly true. That's like 95% of it. But in Latin culture, you're always going to be connected to your family. Like there's an ancestral... There's an ancestral connection, if that makes sense. Like, I'm connected to my dad. My dad is connected to my grandparents. Therefore, I'm connected to my grandparents, very close to my grandparents. And my grandparents tell stories of um, our family who's back in Mexico and all the, the stuff that they were a part of. Um, in Mexican history and Mexican culture and it just it makes you proud to be a part of it and um, so it makes you proud to be a part of it and it keeps you attached and in Latin culture it's important to have roots it's important to be connected to your roots right and your roots run deep and they go far and like mine for example um, I know you know without using Ancestry.com. <laughs> I know that my roots, at least via my, um, my grandfather's branch, goes back to Portugal, right? So I'm Portuguese. I've got a part of me that, that's attached. That's, there's a link of me that's attached. And in Latin culture, that's important, you know? If you can find a connection to a, a piece of, to a, um, as far, you know, to another part of the, world or whatever um you know that's important that's important um i know my on my grandmother's side you know uh, my grandmother had a aunt who was 
a colonel in the Mexican army um, under Pancho Villa and you know that that, um, that that you know that to me it doesn't necessarily see hard to maybe hard to explain but to me it does it says you know Pancho Villa's army that was a significant part of of history world history Mexican history and my I had a relative who was a leader in that in that time and it's the leadership part that that speaks to me right so there's that you you know that's a, that's another connection um, so where was that what was the point I was trying to make I, the point is, is that Latinos are very close in their in their families you know we're very close in our families and it's a very big deal when families are at risk of not being able to remain together um, in um, in Latin culture you know you do whatever you have to do to to uh, survive and uh, to keep your family moving forward and like border crossing that's like um that's like uh how do i man i don't know how to make that how do, how do i make that relate it's not a dare it's not a dare but it's the it's the kind of risk that you take to you know when they say risk uh what does it say risk reward risk reward if the rewards outweigh the risk then you got to do what you got to do for your family to survive and to do better um when we talk about mexico right mexico is a war is a is a dangerous place right i mean the cartel it's not it's not a secret that the cartel is is um especially around the border countries the border towns cartels are pretty much in charge um the the police are corrupt you know um maybe not all the police but a large portion of the police force is corrupt you know the army is dangerous you know all that stuff you know and if you're just if you're tr all you're trying to do is raise your family and you want to put them in a safe you want them to be safe and that means you got to come to the u.s by any means necessary, I mean sooner, it's about the sooner the better. These people take enormous risks to do that. And uh, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to understand if you don't know anybody who's done it. It's tough to understand, like I, I know people who have done it and you know, I won't ever I, I won't ever and I never have applauded them for doing that but I've never um, told them that that was a bad idea or anything like that because their situation that they were in current at that time um, made sense when you compare it to what their situation was before so um, that's kind of what it boils down to it's 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 not doesn't have to you know these people aren't out to hurt anyone 
they're not out to hurt anyone when but you know i guess big picture people who worry about the big picture are the ones closest to the picture and the people who aren't are the furthest away but they're also have an impact i get that i get that but um yeah let's see how far are we in this because there's another point i could make in here let's see where are we at 20 minutes all right so i could make another real quick point here just my my two cents ever curious about why some african-american people are just seem to be so mad all the time <laughs> well there's tons of reasons right lots of reasons being oppressed for over 500 years you know that could be one for those of you who might want to say like 200 years for the since our country began well the slave industry has been in full swing for 500 years 500 years and when you've been oppressed for that long i mean there's going to be some anger left over there's going to be some residual uh uh saltiness some residual um um yeah some residuals left after that so people are going to be a little upset and uh, it doesn't matter how far removed from the from slavery uh these people are some these families are uh their families still experienced it you know they still have people living today right you have young generations who have two or three generations who are still around who can still make connections to um, families family members who were slaves themselves right so those memories are still fresh that oppression is still fresh even if you go back to just the 60s right those 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 heinous acts are still fresh and if you if someone were to say, well, you know, that was back in the 60s, you know, why can't you just let that go? Ooh, well, have you ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend just dump you, right? Doesn't that hurt your feelings? And have you ever gotten over that, right? Have you ever had mom or dad yell at you for no reason or something? Like, once you've been scarred, like, a certain way, once you've been damaged a certain way, your psyche has been damaged a certain way, there's no just bouncing back. And we talk about the type of psychological damage and then this entire race has endured for the last 500 years. There's not just a little bouncing back. When you, can, when you still have generations that can connect to generations, well, I mean, come on now. Come on now. But the, oh, the, the one little nugget I wanted to add, so I was talking about for me personally, I can trace my roots back to Portugal, at least one branch, right? Via my um, grandfather, right? And I think that was, I think it was his grandfather. So you're talking about one, let's see, dad, grandfather, great grandfather, great great grandfather. Actually, it might have been like three generations. So that's five generations, right? And we go back to Portugal and then, you know, more than likely, whatever our family was doing there, they were just, you know, common citizens back in Portugal, raising families or whatever. But when you look at it from an African-American perspective, they could go back, all their, all African-Americans go back, they end at the same point, 
They ended a slave ship, right? Especially African Amer African Americans. Now I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Africans. I'm talking about African Americans, and even more relevant. I'm not just talking about African and United States of Americans. I'm talking about African and South Americans, African and Central Americans, African and Caribbeans. In that 500 years of the slave industry, you're talking 3.1, 3.1. Check my math, check my numbers. I encourage you, highly. 3.1 million people, right? 3.1 million people. I think in the Caribbean alone, they did, they, uh, before America became a country, uh, if I remember right, um, the sugar industry Right, sugar was their main cash crop, and harvesting sugar is a brutal business. And slaves were lucky to make it to uh, 30 years old, so they had to keep pumping in slaves. And whenever you think about um, slave ships, right, and the the slaves that populated these ships, <coughs> these are all stolen people, right? These are all abducted people. Um, yeah, so anyway, I mean, it's like really bad stuff. And, you know, if you flash forward uh, into the present and you think about how an African-American person traces his roots, well, all their roots come back to a slave ship. And then that's where it ends. For most of them, for most of them, after that, they know it goes back to Africa, but then what? Yeah, they, they're not real sure. It all comes back to the same place. A tragic and, and, um, and horrific um, event that their entire uh, people and culture share. So uh, to kind of discount that and say, just get over it, I, I hope for those who might have you know, at least a couple of <laughs> brain cells that can rub together. Hope you can understand a little bit, you know, that that's not, that's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, of course it's not the 60s anymore, but in some, in some uh, forms of the media, which I, I'm selective about the kind of a media I listen to, and you should be too, um, It, it doesn't seem too far removed from some of this stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's not lynchings and hangings, but, uh, well, police brutality is kind of a big deal. And, you know, they had that whole kneeling at the anthem. And, you know, that wasn't about disrespecting the flag, but it was about uh, a demonstration in protest, which this whole country's... There's a, there is a very thick, thick thread that makes up the fabric of this country, and it involves protest, right? I didn't read that anywhere, by the way. That's mine. You're more than welcome to it. But there is a huge thread in the fabric of this country made up of protest. And it's not just African-American people, but they're a big part of it. You had the Chicano Revolution, uh, California, 
right? Cesar Chavez. Hell, you can go back to the Boston Tea Party. Go back to the Boston Tea Party. What do they call that? Social... Social... Rebellion? No. I really wish I was a little bit smarter than I am. Like, I can remember some stuff, but unfortunately, I have a bias. So, you got to try to work past some biases. I'm trying... I guarantee you that all these all these facts and numbers are legit that I'm giving you. You can look it up. You know, you just Google them, I'm sure. But either way. Um, but social rebellion, that's protest. That's a big that's a big part of our of our country's fab makeup. So, you know, take that take that however you like. But uh, either way. Um, yeah. So that's it's a little bit of behind the scenes, at least from my, the way I see it, behind some cultures, right? Latin culture, African-American culture, um, politics, where I stand on politics. I try not to stand anywhere near politics because it smells, you know, it stinks really bad and uh, makes me nauseous when I'm nearby it. I'm sorry. What is your, I heard that, I heard that at a, at a little student fair that we had this past weekend. You know, what's the liberal yada yada? I'm like, bleh, bleh, bleh. started gagging because says, oh, you got to put it in a box, don't you? <laughs> you got to put it in a box. Right? That's how I look at it. Everything's got to fit in a box. Everything you got to put, you got to put everything in a box. It's, it's either this box or it's in this box. What did they say in that one movie? I think it was Bulletproof with Adam Sandler. You're living in a black and white world. Come over to the gray area. There's plenty of room. All right, all right. I think we're getting close to my 30 minutes. If we haven't gone over yet. Oh, yeah, we've gone over. Okay. Well, that is the podcast for today, Monday, January 29, 2018. 2018 for our Spanish-speaking listeners, if there are any. And I don't know why there would be, because I do this entire podcast in English. But either way... There you go. I hope you guys have a great one. Um, thanks for coming back. Hey, there's a Facebook page, by the way. I'm walking here Facebook page. If you're ever on Facebook, you want to drop a line, you can. I'm open to your critiques. I'm open to um, suggestions for future episodes. But we will talk to you later. I'm already past my 30. We'll talk to you later, guys. God bless. <laughs>